Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people. The jockeys. The horses. The gates open now. They're off and racing. Time now for Punter's Postmortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yes, good morning. Welcome to Punters Postmortem as we start another week and the carnival rolls on here in New South Wales. What a brilliant weekend it was at Newcastle. Well done to the club and well done to the fans and crowd that got there as well following all the uh, the COVID uh, protocols that were in place. It wasn't as big a crowd as we saw last year there at, uh, at Beaumont, but I tell you what, uh, they were still very, very vocal and a few of them. Uh, I reckon uh, we're backing Sweet Deal because they certainly rode Sweet Deal home with Nashville. Well, well done to John Thompson on his performance. And, well, he could be getting another million this week as we roll on towards the gong this particular Saturday. Hello, I'm Dave Stanley. This is Punters Postmortem. 13.53.53 is the open line number. If you can, on asking any of our panel today, which is Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester or Glenn Munsey, a question, you can uh, give us a call or you can get involved with the text line. And that text line, as I always say every Monday, save this in your phone because it's the Sky Sports Radio text line. So if you're a BSB listener and you wanted to ask those boys a question or you've got a, any particular question for anyone during the day, it's 0419 As always, I'll start by heading, I think he's on the Central Coast. It was his birthday yesterday. Ron Duffersey's online. Morning, Ron, and happy birthday for yesterday, mate. Yeah, thanks, Dave. That's all over now. But, uh, look, uh, yeah, a very successful day there at Newcastle again. And a COVID meeting, obviously, but uh, this meeting is going to really explode when it, the, the COVID finishes, that's for sure. The town, well, as you know, the town's going to get right behind it and they they like a party up at Newcastle, that's for sure. They certainly did. I mean, um, they were there was only a, a, a smaller number than last year, but standing in the stands with a, a, a lot of young people as well, uh, that's the big thing that um, that I took out of the day was that there was a lot of young uh, punters there. They were all having a punt too. They were all enjoying a, a quiet ale and the, the way they got up and sang the anthem and the way they got behind uh, this event. As I say, good morning to you, Glenn. You were there. You were there for a number of days last week in Newcastle and we mentioned it as well on radio, mate, that they love their sport and they love their racing. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ronnie. Well done for yesterday. And good morning to Dean when he comes online. I honestly don't know where they're going to put them next year. Uh, it, it was true. Uh, a situation where I think they finished with around about the 1700 mark. Uh, they had 300 tickets that they could have released. They, they released on Friday afternoon, Friday night. Uh, but it, it, they sold out. Every time they put a ticket up, it sold out within five minutes. And mm. uh, I just think the meeting is getting bigger. Uh, they had a, a massive luncheon there for the uh, the rescue helicopter service on Friday. Dave, you did a Calcutta at Warner's Bay. And just to see the interest in the races. Now, I spoke to Chris Roots uh, last night. He was wondering, you know, what the holds were like. And I said, well, I'd have to say they're comparable with a normal Saturday meeting. And they're not comparable with a uh, midst of a carnival meeting because with feature racing uh, in, in the carnival. But they held their own with Sandown uh, right throughout the day. And it was, a, a, the, uh, you could say, the major metropolitan meeting of the day. So the punters definitely wanted to play at Newcastle. Now, that was their opportunity. Good track, big fields, good jockeys mm. and everything like that. And they really, really uh, played hard right throughout the day. And again, it was a great um, compliment to, to what we had down in Victoria as well, with Sandown being on and Dean Lester. Well, 
there was plenty of uh, people. I was there at Newcastle, and they were just cheering home Jamie Carr. They've fallen in love with her, as many punters around the country have. What a what a spring she's had. Yeah, exactly, Dave. Morning to you. And uh, yeah, what's not to love? She's a fantastic rider. She gets the job done. Uh, probably the only thing that uh, burns in with her is that uh, she missed out on the Melbourne Cup with Prince of Aaron. But uh, other than that, she's just been magnificent all spring and uh, another treble on Saturday. And, and speaking and speaking of jockey stuff, I was going to say uh, the performances of Nash Willer. I mean, to see him in full flight, uh, it's that's one good thing about that Newcastle grandstand. You sit there and you're pretty much eye level at the bottom of that grandstand with them as they go along, uh, just to see the way he pushed out a sweet deal. There's no better side, is there? Oh, no, he's a, he's part of the horse. You know, Nash is a tall boy, but he's a real, what we call a horseman, or has been all his life, his family has been all their lives. So he's uh, he's done a great job to control his weight throughout his career and, 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 and be as successful he, as he is in, in this stage of his life. And and he's he's had a few hiccups along the way, and but uh, he's, he's come through the other side and he's... He's in um, he's in fantastic form and got a great association with uh, uh, with John Thompson and obviously other stables as well. He's a go-to jockey, um, you know, restricted rides because he can't ride under fifty-six. But boy, oh boy, he's effective. There's no doubt about it. Just back on that, uh, Jamie Carr. Just to think, those three horses she won. You know, Sound hadn't won in nine hundred days. Old mate Cariff hasn't won in about five hundred. And I think the other horse she won on had had a long break before he'd won a race. So that says it all. Um, I thought those staying races from her, uh, rides from her on Saturday were fantastic. Mm. Let's talk about uh, the Hunter. Uh, let's talk about uh, Sweet Deal. We've just touched on on Nashra Willer. What did you make of uh, some of the beaten brigade and, and also the performance of the winner, Duff? Well, the performance of the winner, she's just a beauty. She she proved that she's so much more lethal when she settles off the speed. Look, she can lead, and she's been forced to lead a few times, and sometimes... Um, she used to be hopeless on a wet track, and then she learned to handle it a little bit. But uh, her go is the dry track taking a sit from an inside draw, and then she's so explosive. You know, that's her 10th win now. I must say, they, did, they didn't go out hard in this race, and they've steamed home, which helped her, um, and didn't help any of the back markers in the race. But uh, special reward had his chance on top of the speed. Asiago travelled travelled sweetly, but they didn't go hard enough for her. Um, similar with Eva Lena, she got a mile back. Her run was a, a real hidden gem, uh, which has been for a while now with her, but she can't crack it. Um, Fiesta had no luck getting out at the right time. I'd have to mark the two favourites a bit disappointing, uh, Ranier and uh, Trumbull. And uh, obviously we had redouble pull-up with cardiac arrhythmia there, and we can be a little bit forgiving with him. But uh, all honours with the winner, she, she just she made her own luck and she blew them away. Munns, from a betting perspective, on Friday with the punters panel, you said that Trumbull would drift. It did uh, drift, according to the NOP. I think it got out to about seven dollars NOP. But what was the? You know, was there much money around for Sweet Deal, or did they back the local special reward? Uh, well, it was. You know, as you would expect, it was a strong betting race. The biggest go in the race was Chief Ironside. 
Uh, it was $23 into single figures by the time they jumped. Uh, that was just on the day of the races there. Uh, looking through the favourites, yeah, Trumbull was a fraction easy, as you would expect. Uh, Ranier was slightly easy, got to around about a peak of six, but it was hanging around the $4.85 mark all day. The winner, the winner was very, very solid all throughout the day, and I suppose when Lizzie makes them pick of the yard and they're $10, they don't drift, I can guarantee you that. More often they firm, no matter what price they are. So uh, it was there, and um, of the others, uh, well, Asiago was the move in the morning and then held its spot in the market right throughout the day. What do we make uh, of Rainier and Trumbull, uh, Duff? Well, Trumbull, he's still early in his preparation. Uh, he's only had his, that's only his second run back, so I think we can give him another chance. He might need a little bit more jar out of the track as well, um, Trumbull. So I wouldn't give up on him. Rainier, it appeared he was set for that race, but... Uh, um, there's still races for him. I don't know whether um, what they're going to do with him now. Whether they're going to put him out or concentrate on something else. You know, going into the you know these listed races over the uh, the summer carnival. Um, but I'll well we can leave that to Godolphin. They they usually make the right decisions. I don't know whether you could you know uh, get him up to. Uh, yeah. Well, he's one at a mile. I suppose you know they might keep him <coughs> keep him going for a Villiers or I don't know if they've even got intentions of backing him up next week at a mile. Mm. Yeah, uh, Trumbull pulled up three out of five lame in the near four leg as well. Yeah. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Nine twenty one on Punters Postmortem. We appreciate our next guest coming on, uh, Mark Van Gessel, the chairman of Stewards from Racing New South Wales. Morning, Mark. Morning, Dave. How are you? Very good, mate. Thank you very much for coming on the program. You're with um, Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. So if they have any questions for you, they'll chime in after me. First off, um, a lot of chat about uh, Straub. No doubt we'll get to that. But what did you think of, or what have you thought of the overall carnival thus far from, from your position? Oh, look, from an integrity point of view and a you know, safety point of view, you know, the, the jockeys... Um you know, really have have ridden you know carefully. We've we've had a you know a low a low amount of careless riding suspensions and any other sort of infringement. So, look, it's been competitive. Um, you know, sort of working under that those COVID um, protocols that we have in place. But no, we've been more than satisfied. And uh, you know, I think on most occasions the best horses won the races. All right. Uh, with Straub, uh, talk us through the process of Straub. I know in the stewards' report, uh, and there's been a lot of chat, and it's probably to sometimes to the detriment of racing, the chat we see on social media and a lot of people talking through their pocket. But talk us through from a stewards' point of view what the, the process in which you guys go through, the chat on the, um, uh, the, the two ways that you would have had, no doubt, before the start of the eighth. Sure, look, so for a number of years in, in Sydney, we've employed a, a bunker-style setup. So we use the the Hawkeye equipment here that you, know, you see at most major sporting events. And we have a, a steward dedicated in our um, steward's room as the races are, are unfolding and, and you know, watching uh, that vision. So each time that there's an incident in the barrier, um, our steward based in, in our, our steward's room reviews the vision. They're in contact uh, with myself and also the starter and also our, our vet who's positioned um, behind the barrier, and then we we make a you know an assessment, provide advice to the vet in terms of whether there's any contact with the horse's head or any other area that may affect the horse's performance. And look, look, we we have a policy here that if there's any doubt in terms of the horse you know striking its head or anything like that, yeah, you know, the horse will come out, and that's just the policy we have in place. So, with Straub on on the weekend, um, I identified the horse red, um, Kobe Jennings. Um, 
exited the horse out the back of the barriers. Um, we reviewed the vision. There was clearly, in our opinion, no evidence of the horse striking its head at any stage. And in those circumstances, the vet trotted the horse up. Kobe Jennings um, was satisfied with the horse. He felt it, it was free in its action. And in those circumstances, it was past fit to race. Right. Uh, and then in relation to another one, that there's a few questions here from our punters coming through. Uh, they're wanting to know about um, or, or discuss uh, Superium and what the stewards... I know there was a, a, a large couple of paragraphs in relation to Superium and has been found to be uh, three and a half lame in the near foreleg. But what, again, what was the discussion from your team? Look, we were obviously concerned the horse never got clear running at any stage from about the 500 metres, but we, we spoke to Joe Pride in terms of the instructions, spoke to Louise Day in relation to a riding of the horse, and the horse settled in a position where we, we you know had mapped it. It was in a position, obviously, towards the rear of the field. Um, probably the, the, the real circumstance that affected the, the horse's performance was when um, Rachel King uh, improved to the horses outside just so they, they made the home turn, and that resulted in Superior becoming held up. The pace just went off the off the um, racer at that stage as well. And um, then in the straight, every time that Louise aimed the horse up for a run, the run closed due to shifters, horses shifting or horses weakening in advance of her. And, I mean, you know, those things happen in, in racing and our role is to assess the ride to ascertain you know, whether there was any um, breach of the rules in terms of the decisions made. And the, in the circumstances, whilst, you know, punters have, have done their money, it's... Um, you know, that that's the nature of racing, unfortunately, and, and we we're satisfied that you know Louise had taken every opportunity to try and to improve into the race, and the, the runs just never came. Uh, Mark, good morning, mate. Glenn Munsey, how are you? Good, Glenn. Uh, mate, with for inverted commas known barrier rogues, and and Straub had a history of being unruly at the barrier. Uh, does any extra attention focused on them when is there special, not special treatment, but is there a little bit more of a focus on them behind the barriers to try and get them uh, to get away properly? Look, that's that's obviously you know one of the considerations in, in New South Wales. Also, we, we have a report that goes through our starter um, for every race meeting, and that identifies all the little traits that a horse might have in the gates as to whether we need a person up with the horse, you know, whether whether the horse needs uh, some other assistance in, in the barrier. So, you know, the starters obviously know those horses and, you know, Steve Scott, who was the starter there on Saturday, is one of our most experienced and, um, you know, they'd be aware that, you know, the horse can have some, some issues in the barriers. There was a man up with the horse when it read and that obviously stopped the horse from, you know, doing any more um, um, issues than what had actually, actually occurred. So, I mean, yeah, we do we do pay those horses attention, and you know, you probably saw in the vision on Saturday that you know our vet Toby Koenig, um, he was standing directly behind the horse when it actually um, did rear in the gates, and you know, had a, a clear view of the horse. So look, yeah, we are aware of those those types of horses, and they do get um, you know that attention. Uh, Mark, you've explained it well. I think it's pretty hard to argue with the explanation, but uh, you, you're totally comfortable that she did not hit her head with that eye cam. Yeah, look, that's what that's what we ascertained. You know, during, before the race was run, that was the view of the stewards. Um, going back and reviewing it when I went back into the stewards' room, I was more than satisfied with the decision made. Look, there's no doubt that you know she was stirred up wrong you know, in the in the gates, and you know these things happen from time to time. It's never ideal, and um, you know the horse obviously didn't perform up to expectations. But look, I can probably present to you a number of occasions where horses have done mm. similar things and, and gone on to win the race. So. You know, um, in our view, that that incident, the barrier didn't didn't affect its performance, and you know we'll follow up with the stable um, this morning as to how the horse has pulled up and 
um, yeah, make a release once we get that information from them. Yeah, changing horses. the subject a little bit, uh, it's very unusual. We have jockeys. I, I read uh, Glenn Schofield got suspended in a barrier trial yeah. recently. That's quite unusual. It is unusual. It's only happened a few times in uh, in my career, but yeah, he um, he was found to have caused interference at some um, barrier trials at Warwick Farm going back a few weeks now. Um, the horse, the stewards conducted the inquiry last uh, Friday night at Canterbury and uh, determined that he, he should incur a suspension for that. It, you know, I mean, as you know, Ron, you've ridden in plenty of races and trials. Trials can be just as dangerous sometimes when interference is caused, so that that's considered to be a breach of the rules. Okay. Uh, Mark, it tends to get a lot more focus when horses are pulled out of the barriers and examined if they're hard in the market. We had another horse on Saturday, Vadian. Uh, sh- surely we can't just have a blanket rule and saying as soon as you're pulled out of the barriers, you scratch because everything has to be judged on its merits. That's right. Like I mean, we're we're very cautious, Glenn, when it comes to these assessments, you know, on, on race day and. You know, as soon as a horse does rear or you know, becomes fractious, you know, our policy is to take them out, chop them up, look at the vision, have the vets assess them. And, you know, and also, you know, as a matter of course, after the race, you know, they're, they're reassessed as well just to make sure that there has been no issue. And that was done with Straub on Saturday. So, I mean, it's easy to say now that, you know, the horse should have been scratched and, you know, that's, that's a decision that, that could have been made. But, I mean, we've got to deal with the evidence that we have before us. Um, you know, horses are you know, quite often fractures in the gates and, you know, they go on to win. So, I mean, it's just an assessment we've got we've got to make and that system that we have in place here in Sydney, you know, it's been going on for a number of years and, and we do have that in place for the protection of the punter and that's, you know, that's, uh, I think we're probably only one of a few jurisdictions that actually do that. Mark, in relation to uh, social media, uh, obviously, it's a different world uh, for everyone in this game now, and, and you just have to jump on the social. Is it a concern from your team um, about some of the comments that, that do come through, whether it be in relation to the weekend with Straub or whether it be in relation to jockey performances or the performances of your team? Because it, Yeah, look, it, I mean, it's, there's always... It's in, quite nasty. In my, in my opinion, a lot of misinformation that uh, is on social media, like, it's a good tool for us in terms of being able to disseminate information and you know, trying to, you know, explain decisions. And you know, we try and use it as, as proactively as we can, you know, when I'm with the Sydney panel. But I mean, there is some time to time some concern. Licensees have an obligation under the rules not to you know, put any content on there that uh, is damaging to the industry. And we do monitor it obviously from time to time. But you know, people unfortunately in this day and age, you know, have a tendency to, to vent their frustrations or, or anger on social media, and you know. It can be of detriment sometimes, I'd have to say. But uh, look, we try and you know, do, our, do our best to, to deal with those situations, and if we see necessary, you know, to uh, to reply to some of those uh, some of those comments. Gentlemen, while we've uh, we've got the chairman of stewards on, any other questions? I think it's been covered pretty well. I think uh, yeah. you know, I, was, I backed both horses, and I'm comfortable. You know, it was just a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark, we really appreciate you coming on this morning. You're welcome to come on any time, um, and we'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks, gentlemen. Mark Van Gessel there, the uh, Chairman of Stewards. Gentlemen, um, that's very interesting to hear that they've got that, that bunker set up. And again, I think that's vital information for punters that aren't as in-depth as, say, uh, that we are in terms of what we know, the cameras that Sky has, the coverage that we've got. There's that extra layer, so everyone should feel comfortable with the decision that was made. Do we all agree? I do. Um, some of the vision, when I first saw it, I was yes. calling for her to be scratched. I, I was convinced she might have clipped a nose. 
um, on the top of the gates. But they're, they've got the cam, they've got a vet standing right behind her. Um, you can hear all sorts of noises in barriers when horses go off. Um, but I, more so, I think that the, the mare has just had a bee in a bonnet. Uh, she had a bee in a bonnet after being upset in the barrier, and, and she's got a history of it. Mm. We've got a really good text from Nathan Doyle on Saturday night. We're going to catch up for a beer um, uh, earlier in the day, and uh, obviously he, he wasn't keen on, on sort of heading out, Nathan, and he said it's been a very uh, big character-building day. I think um, he was pretty confident and keen that she would perform, and we're back to the drawing board. But i tell you what, we know that um, on a day, uh, she's very, very good. We're going to take a break. This is Punters Postmortem. Your calls and texts, the, the, the open line is open. So if you've got a question for our uh, our panel... Give us a call. We're going to chat with Dino about Jamie Carr and the performance of uh, Sound and that zipping classic after Jamie Rogers with the news. Thanks, Dave. Dustin Johnson has claimed his first green jacket after winning the Masters with the lowest score in tournament history with 20 under. Cameron Smith has revealed in his new book he wouldn't sign a new contract with the Melbourne Storm if it meant the club would lose either Harry Grant or Brandon Smith to a rival club. Former Melbourne star Will Chambers could reportedly return to the NRL with the Broncos. Maroons coach Wayne Bennett is set to throw an origin selection curveball with South Sydney's Corey Allen in fullback. New South Wales paceman Sean Abbott says he fought back tears when he was named in Australia's 17-man test squad to face India. And the LA Lakers are reportedly in talks with Oklahoma City Thunder for guard Dennis Schroeder. Sky Sports Radio keeps you up to date with all things harness racing. On the Pace, 10.30 Sunday to Friday mornings features the latest in news and newsmakers. Then the National Racing Service brings you all the harness action day and night, complete with tab market movers. The home of harness racing. Sky Sports Radio. You'll love the Drummond Golf Master Your Game Sale. Landed soft with Callaway Chrome Soft Aussie Balls. Just $44 a dozen. Save $20.95. Hit the distance with a Bushnell Ion 2 GPS watch. Now $198. Save $81. And upgrade to a tailor-made cart bag only $158. Save $31.95. Plus Drummond Club members get an extra 10% off store-wide. Don't miss the Drummond Golf Master Your Game Sale. Hi, this is Luke Marlowe. Join us for the Friday fill-up on Racing HQ every Friday. We'll bring you the main players, the late mail, tips from the experts and more. 11 o'clock Friday morning. The Friday fill-up on Sky Sports Radio. With Tab's Venue Mode, get the green light on exclusive markets and offers once you walk through the door of your local Tab. Inside, exclusive markets. Out, no exclusive markets. In, exclusive offers. Out, no exclusive offers. Bring your local to life. Make a date with your local today. Tab, long may we play. Venue Mode available on the Tab app in operating Tab venues, agencies and selected race courses only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help 1-800-858-858. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, it's 9.35 on uh, Punters Post Mortem. And uh, again, we thank uh, Mark Van Gestel, the chairman of Stewards, for coming on the program before. You can catch him on the podcast shortly, just explaining uh, some of the, the weekend um, and obviously a lot of putters 
um, doing their dosh. But as Mark said, that is that is racing. Uh, now, we do have a couple of callers online. Then we'll get to Dino, and I want to talk about uh, some of the performances from the Sandown meeting. Uh, now, our first caller, Boydo, of, uh, is Adam. Morning, Adam. Morning, boys. How are we? Very good, mate. What's your uh, What's your question? I just want to think, especially Ron uh, and yourself, Dave, what do you thought of Louise Day's ride on superior up at uh, Newcastle? It's maybe better for the day, and I'm talking from your pocket, but I'd love to hear what you guys thought. Who wants to chime in? Oh, it was ugly. It was ugly. Just nothing ever went right at any stage of that race, and it was just a horror watch. Um, you know, it happens now and again, and I can't pinpoint any mistake she made, but uh, she just got no favours and, and just, you know, the, the stewards explained it in their stewards report, which went went for an hour and a half there, trying to, you know, just cover every base off there. And, um, it was just, I'm not going to say it was a bad ride. It was a bad ride because nothing went right. So, But it does happen now and again. You know, they just didn't, everywhere she went, the gap was there and closed. The gap was there and closed. The gap was there and closed. So it, it, sometimes... You can get held up in a race, but that was just that was just too bad to be true. Yeah, oh, every decision was wrong. Well, as it turned out, yes. As it turned out, yes. You know, I, I, you oh, know, as I said, like, that's talking through the pocket. But yeah, it was cruel, very cruel. Yep, it it happens. Uh, we're, we're sick of saying it, but that's racing. But uh, sure. have your ride over again. You just peel straight to the outside, wouldn't you? Get to the outside, mm. let it down. Winsby, sorry, thanks. Yeah. Have a good day. Beautiful, Adam. Thanks so much, mate. Uh, Adam, there. Munns just low with Superior. Did um, did he drift late in the market? Um, well, he was one of those horses, David. There were some really, really weird fluctuations post nine o'clock on Saturday morning. Now, uh, our place was very, very keen to lay him early, uh, and they pushed him three to three ten in the morning. But then they just went crutch and went three ten to two forty around about twenty past nine. Uh, he got out to around about 350, 360, but I saw significantly better uh, when they jumped. And the reason our mm. blokes weren't pushing him is because they'd loaded up uh, at the $3 and then, um, you know, on the way out. So they didn't have to be top odds in the finish. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he was easy late. And in saying that, um, I wouldn't say there was a massive go for any runner in particular. There was sort of uh, a little bit of money for Anathol, a little bit of money for Deference. Uh, but there was no sort of, you know, snow-in job in the race to, to, to take care of the favourite that was getting out. But, you know, when he was $2.40, now that was just absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Uh, now we've got DM online too. Morning, DM. Morning. What's your question, mate? Uh, morning to the panel. That's for Glenn. Glenn, can you let, tell me when the New South Wales TAB will be co- combining the first four pools here with the Hong Kong first four pools? Absolutely no idea. I don't, I don't, mate, been, no no offence to you, mate. Two, I, I, don't, I don't pay a great years. deal of attention to paramutual pools anywhere. Um, that, that's not my role. Uh, my, my role's a fixed odds role for Sky Channel concentrating on Sky Thoroughbred Central meetings. Uh, and I, I'm not being putting it down or anything like that, but I, I don't concern myself with that on a day-to-day basis. I don't, I'm not involved in any discussions regarding paramutual products. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Sky Channel person. And, mate, I, I have absolutely no idea. So I'm not so sure, I'm not so sure that Hong Kong has a first four pool. 
Well, they declare. Well, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even know. That, that's how much knowledge I have of Hong Kong racing and paramutual. If they do, it's a box pool. It's like it's a box first four, that not 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 a straight out first four. So that that might be problems mingling that pool because they've got the other pools uh, co-mingled. So I would suggest their 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 first four is different than our first four if they have one. So where do I direct my inquiries? Uh, mate, you just got to ring customer service. Oh, well, they just give me the run around. Okay, thanks very much. All right, DM. Right, I, I'm, I'm sorry, hang I on, can't hang answer can questions. Get... I've, got, I've got no hang knowledge on. of. But if he's backing first fours in Hong Kong, can we get that bloke's number? We'll ring him next uh, next Sunday or Wednesday night. Now, uh, Dino, let's get down to, to Senna, but same for the last five minutes. Uh, first off, big pat on the back, mate, um, because uh, Alibor, you said, was a horse to follow in the Sandang Guineas. Yes, Asar came out and was a, a short price favourite, but he put his nose out on the line. Gee, I had a sick day on Saturday. I was on sweet reply. I was on everything. Anyway, um, well done, mate. And so let's talk about uh, the Guineas, and then let's talk about as well sound. Uh, we'll start with the Guineas, though. Yeah, well, the Guineas uh, yeah, certainly changed, Dave, with the, the scratching of Azar. Went from a, having a, a Group 1 place getter into it to, in essence, a benchmark 65. Uh, just dressed up as a Group 2, but uh, uh, he got the prize, Alibor. He's a uh, he's a reasonable talent, Um here there's been offers to sell him. I'd be uh, putting a bridle and a and a, a rug in with him and uh, moving him on because this was a you know I think uh, it was a, a nice race, but uh, as I said, only a benchmark 65 level. Sweet reply ran well. Uh, she looked the winner. There were th- when you saw the inside tracking shot, there were three making their runs at the same time. Alibor, sweet reply, and horrifying. Horrifying went to the inside, and then uh, there was a just an absolute uh, change up there, and she just got knocked down uh, there, Jamie Carr. And I think horrifying, it's got beaten six lengths. If he'd got through, would have probably nearly won the race. Okay. And what about uh, sound, mate, in the Zipping Classic? We touched on Jamie Carr before, and I think um, even Duff, we well, did, he touched on the fact that, you know, he, hadn't, he hasn't won a lot of race for a long, long time. But, geez, he, he just dashed away that last furlong. Yeah, well, the first thought, you know, there was no pace in the race, pre-race, and Mike Moroney was adamant he didn't want him leading because he, he thinks he's better chasing down something. And so uh, I think Jamie tried to uh, go with those instructions for the first bit, but in the end just crept around them and uh, just set the race up beautifully. Uh, Brimham Rocks ran well. Future score was probably a touch unlucky. Uh, ran quite well. And uh, Avilius just had to try and out-sprint them in a farcically run race and couldn't do so. But, uh, yeah, he... He'd been waiting a long time to win in Australia Sound, and uh, he got his prize on Saturday. Mm. Boys, I, I was on uh, Sweet Reply, and then I butted up on uh, High Supremacy. Duff, did you think at the top of the straight High Supremacy was just going to run away with it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, I was on him as well. Um, he He's work in progress, that horse. He's, he's still raw and uh, learning what it's all about. And, and, and going into that race, I was sort of thinking, well, probably similar... To what Dean was probably thinking about the um, the Sandown Guineas, but possibly they could turn out to nice staying, you know, those Rosehill Guineas types. Those first couple across the line there, and they're strong horses. I think having had the eighteen hundred metre lead up really helped um, the winner, um, the Eleanora. Uh, he was, you know, he's done a good job. He's, you know, he's. You know, he started forty to one when he won his maiden at Newcastle, and then he, he was he was good at Randwick in the eighteen hundred behind Commanding, who pranked that form, and um, he's gone on again. So, knowing Chris's horses, they usually get better in the autumn. He, he, and I'd keep an eye on him, and and likewise with uh, High Supremacy, he's a nice horse. He's got you know that stronger stronger looking pedigree, 
and um, and that's not leaving out Ellsberg. He just doesn't know what it's all about. He missed the start. He drove up. Mm. You know, he did a lot of work, and then he was the only survivor. All those horses around him just, you know, they got cramp. Yeah. Uh, so he, those first three might be all right. You know, it's easy to get carried away, um, but. You know, going into the race, I thought, oh, they're just the improvers, but who knows? Those first three across the line might be all right. Now, uh, we've got uh, Colin on line one. Morning, Colin. Good morning. How are you today? Very good, mate. What's your question? Um, look, I don't know who I should ask, but um, I noticed in the Melbourne Cup there was a horse called Prince of Iran, and I also found on Monday, the November the 9th, at Lismore, a horse called Prince of Iran. Now, they're both spelt the same. I didn't think you could have two horses running in Australia with the same name. I think we've been over this before, haven't we, boys? Uh, yep. Chime in. Yep, yep, yep. First year yeah, he no, came to know, Australia. I think yeah. if you're going back to overseas, back, back home, it's okay now. Or something like that, is that right? Something like that, yeah. The first year he came, he came as uh, a Prince of Iran, and that was the year that we had Yucatan, had to change his name to Yucatan Ayer. Yeah. Uh, it became a bit farcical. So yeah, if they're not hanging around, uh, they don't have to change their uh, change their names, and they've yeah. got the suffix in 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 front of or at yeah, uh, the Prin- end of his name. Yeah, the one with Charlie Fellows runs with Prince of Iran GB, GB. and uh, the yeah. one with yeah. Marianne Brosnan up on the uh, the North Coast Col- runs Prince of Iran NZ. Colin, oh, right. you, you didn't you didn't load up thinking you were on the Melbourne Cup uh, place getter, no, did you? No, I, di- I didn't. I didn't. But it was just funny that I backed in the Melbourne Cup, and I saw it in Lismore, and I thought, yeah. hello, there's something wrong here. No, that's mm-hmm. right. All good, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, Colin there on Punners Postmortem, 9.44. Uh, now, uh, in relation to Cariff, a few texts here. Uh, Dino, on the... Well, we, I think we spoke already about uh, the, the ride of, of Jamie Carr. It was an absolute piece just in behind them, but um, he's, uh, he's got a little motor, this horse. Well, he's always shown a little bit of staying promise. He's been around them, Dave, but uh, the wins haven't been there. But uh, uh, his reward for winning on Saturday is he's getting gelded. So uh, I don't know, don't know if he'd be that happy about winning. <laughs> Obviously, there was a protest there, um, and Zara um, chimed in. It was dismissed. Um, was Realm of Flowers unlucky? Yeah, I think if she'd have gone straight initially. Uh, she, yeah, then then she might have been a chance of getting the protest or winning the race, but she was on one rein pretty badly until then. Cariff came out and and she's gone to the line with him. So look, there was certainly merit in having a protest, but uh, I think she was of her own undoing a little bit in the uh, interactions going into when they actually uh, bump you know closer to the line. All right, uh, jumping back up to Sydney now, uh, Duff, because there's a few texts uh, here about uh, Super. And they're just wanting to get your thoughts on uh, and a comment on Tommy Sherry as well, who, um, we look, we knew he had wraps. We knew he was riding good. Um, he started off, and in fact, I had him on radio a couple of weeks ago, and he said um, when he first started, I think, you know, he thought that he was just going to dominate, and uh, he sort of got a bit flattened a, a few times and made the wrong decisions, and it was a good leveller for him because he's had to sort of go back to the drawing board, and those results are coming through. Yep, he's attracting a nice, um, uh, you know, and a nice quality ride now too because he's he's got that claim his next stage is when he you know he's riding well enough to lose that claim in the next 12 months and then he's got to do 
what his stablemate did there and Robbie Dolan and can continue that trend without his claim. So he's got to keep his weight down. It's going to, he's going to have his you know, bumps through his career, but he's, he's riding well at the moment and uh, he's got a good head on him. And he's, he, you know, he's, he's. We all know he can ride. And as far as Super's concerned, what a, what a job Bark's done with that horse. Mm. You know, that was his eleventh run this preparation. His past three have been his best. He's been so so dominant. And um, uh, yeah, he's a horse he, he picked up online off Peter Snowden, and he's, he's worked him out. And he's getting the best out of him now. There's, there's no doubt about it. He stepped up again in grade there on Saturday. And you know he put him, he put him away again. So I don't know what's left in him. They, they say there might be a benchmark race at Kembla next week. We'll see how that unfolds, how that field comes up. Uh, but why not keep him going? He's uh, he's in dashing form. Speaking of uh, a big roar, what about the raw Muns in the last? Uh, I know it was a benchmark eighty-eight, but uh, they were all on through the cracks, and J-Mac got the job done. I, I'd see that on the NOP. A too big Fari SP fave. Um, well, at least it, it's saying that on Riser. Was that because we there was a consensus or there was a forming idea that you needed to be up on the speed, and they thought too big Fari would be out rolling and and maybe hard too hard to catch. Um. Well, they sort of bounced between favouritism, Dave, you know, the last sort of 15, 20 minutes of betting. Uh, but Through the Cracks was one of those situations similar to Superium earlier in the day. He sat there as a 360 chance, and then he became $2.60. Now, we did say on Friday, Simon Dinopoulos thought he was the best bet of the day through the cracks. That's when he was 360, and I said, mate, don't worry, you get to the races, this will be $4.50. He thought I was going crazy. Uh, well, a jump 460, mm. uh, I think you'll find. But it was just one of those things. Really, really strong move for too big Fari late. And through the cracks, sometimes, Dave, when they start to get out, um, what price do they become? And you've got to realise, chat, halved its quote in the same race. It was 11 to 6. And you've got money for for chat. You've only got four horses in single figures in the race. There's strong money for two of them. Well, the other two have got to get out. And the other one that got out was Hilo, albeit it did get out savagely. But still only those four horses jumped in single figures. Yeah. What did you make of the performance, um, Duff, of, of Through the Cracks? Oh, outstanding. He's a horse heading in the right direction. You know, he won the uh, provincial champion, or he, ran a, he won the provincial championships last prep, and he's come back and looks a better horse. First up run was great um, on the on the heavy track, and he, he met Hilo better at the weights for that, and he'd had a trial between. I think that may have been the the why he got out a little bit. People were hesitant because there was there was even the trainer was a little bit suspect about his his tick over trial. Didn't look that crash hot to tell you the truth. Uh, but he's a racehorse, and and I think even talking to Angela on Saturday morning, she was thinking, oh, I, I still think he's you know a run off his peak. Um, so that they were expecting this horse would come on again after Saturday, and if he does, well that opens up. And some more doors for him. He's going to be, you know, a horse that could get through to December there and, and become, if he can run a mile, he's a, he's a stakes class horse. Mm. Just a bit of news floating through. Two bits uh, of news. One not to Gallop related, harness related, but the first one uh, from Queensland. This is from Stephen Hewlett. Um, Command and Conqueror has been sold to Hong Kong. Uh, so therefore won't be running in uh, in Queensland this weekend or, or further uh, and to be trained by David Hayes up there. So Command and Conqueror, who we've seen, I think we've seen him in Sydney. Um, so uh, that's a bit of news. And the other news, I know this isn't thoroughbred related, but... This is Mick, the biggest news in harness yeah. racing for 20 years. 
Mick mm. Guerin has just uh, come through and said that uh, New Zealand's most successful ever racing stable of Mark Byrne and Natalie Rasmussen uh, will be disbanded next month. They are leaving the training ranks for a sabbatical and the All-Stars rating. Uh, they will cease to exist from December 31 this year. That is huge. That would be like... Well, what would that be? Would that be like Chris Waller putting a press release out saying, "I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm leaving, having time off. See us later." Yep. Would, it would yep. be. Yeah, no, it would be. They, 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 they train nearly every winter, don't they? Yeah. Well, they had. I mean, what was that? Uh, Muns. They had the trifecta, I think, in the cup last week. Um, and we've seen them with Lazarus. Boy, oh boy. So Mick Gearin will have on the um the airwaves a little bit later on this morning. Here's Steve, who's got a call for us now. Morning, Steve. Morning, how are you? Very good, mate. What's your question? Uh, question for Glenn Mundy, and it's, I, I know I know the topic is, or your program is supposed to be about racing, but um, I just want clarification on all-in market and a pre-nom market. Yep. They're so, two different things. Yes, a pre-nom fine. market is a set of horses judged by the, the staff that could potentially run in that race, and they put a market up. An all-in market is the official nominations for that race. If your horse doesn't nominate, your money will be refunded to you in the pre-noms market. If then your horse does not make the final field, both markets are all in. Okay, so how do you know if it's been nominated or not nominated when it's, if you back a horse in a pre-nom market? Well, you wait until the nominations come out and you check whether the horse is nominated or not. Okay. If okay. it is not nominated, your money will be refunded to you uh, at the time of the nominations, if not at the time of when late, dec- late nominations are taken. So are you able to research and have a look if a horse has been nominated on a, yes. on a race that has yeah. already been run? Go to Racing Australia. And they list all the uh, they list the programs, the nominations, the weights, the acceptances, the scratchings, the results, the gear changes, all yeah. there. If it is okay. working, but, okay. In Probably. lots of these cases, we're talking the noms are five days out, so you're not getting well. Yeah, we only do pre nom pre nom markets on major races. We don't major do races, it on just run right. of the mill races. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I mean, I, I I backed a horse in July, and the race was two or three weeks ago um, in the Golden Eagle, and the horse never what, got a start. What, what was the horse? Rubasaki. Rubasaki. But I think it would I have been nine. It well. was nominated, and then she went She went nominated, sore after yeah. she ran. I think uh, John O'Neill uh, said this morning uh, she's got four weeks left in the paddock, or she's had four weeks left in the paddock. I saw something written about it this she morning. She got some actually. chips removed, didn't she? No, the other yeah. man. Yeah, and she, oh, the other um, chips removed for two, too. that's right, for two, yes. Okay. So did, the, did the horse get nominated? I would think so. I would think yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The thing about two, Steve, the thing yeah. about those noms too, and I've I've had, and I only know this from Richard Friedman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sort of, you know, so we had that mare on the white turf. Yep. Uh, she'd had, what, two or three starts, but the way in which racing Queensland, I don't know the process with racing New South Wales, I presume it would be similar, but we had to pretty much have a nom in. Uh, like crystal balling and pay what was it a hundred two hundred whatever it was, and we had no idea whether we'd even make it yeah, to that yeah, race. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. so you, a lot of the time those noms yep. you have to throw them in because if you don't have your nom in and then you go on and you then you're paying late acceptance fees and all sorts of things. So yeah, okay. yeah but the the best way to keep an eye on it is as Mun said on uh, on Riser Racing Australia. Okay, and he you. made a good point, as long as it's working. Yeah, and that's right. Ruby, Ruby Saki has four more weeks out before heading back into work to be prepared for the autumn. Okay, Perfect. fantastic. 
Okay. There you go. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Hope, Thank you. There you go. You. We've there you go. You've you've helped someone, Glenn. How good's that? Oh, well, mark it down, Dave. Sixteenth uh, of November, <laughs> nine fifty-four. Perfect. Happy customer. A happy customer. Hey, uh, Dino, there's some couple of questions here in relation to uh, your thoughts on the winner of the last there. Uh, no name on this text, but what do you think of the winner of the last on Saturday? Uh, the last at Sandown, at, yes. Sat- at uh, Saturday. I'm just... Miss <laughs> um, yeah. Old well, look, I mean, That's that was it. her sort of race. I mean, I think 1,500, about that level, drawn out. Um, it's quite apparent she... Just won't go inside horses. And as uh, long as she had one more run in her, she'd run in the Group 1 Empire Rose. Uh, she was going to be hard to beat. I thought uh, she did a good job to get Tricky Gal, who was on the back up off that wet track in Sydney the week before, uh, out of the hot Danish. So, you know, uh, she ran very well. And I think the, the smart riding here by Johnny Allen, and he just had the advantage in the draw, was he kept my pendant in a pocket, and my pendant uh, then had to wait, and she's run third. I, and I think... Uh, Probably reverse the roles, probably reverse the results. She was, uh, they're going probably equally as well, but, uh, Johnny got, was able to get the fly there on, on Jamie Carr with, uh, with just being in the, the, the right spot. The other one I want to ask you about too is the, uh, the winner of the first, the two year old race, uh, Animo. Now, Forbes, um, there was big spruik around at Forbes. I saw a bit of chat, uh, with you as well with, uh, Rocket Douglas when I was in Forbes last week. Um, it was well backed, but, um, this Animo, um, it was in the all-in market for that million-dollar two-year-old race a oh, couple of weeks ago. And... still recovering. Yeah, <laughs> I was on as well. I was on as well. Why would they bring it? Why yeah. they bring it? Well, if they bring it, do you think it wins? Uh, well, yeah. yes. Uh, I know how yeah. Yeah, you can line up the, the winner. It had the Melbourne form. Uh, yeah, it would have won, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, what <laughs> about... What, could this yeah. possibly be the strongest two-year-old race we've seen this season? I think it's becoming that every year now, Ron. Uh, I think I think the trainers wait for Sandown, uh, and they've got the beautiful just one turn. Uh, last year we saw Hanseatic and away game come through it. Uh, Uhud the year before, or a couple of years before. Uh, I think they just wait for this, and uh, it's it's a beautiful uh, way to you know probably kick off there. You know they they don't have to prep them up too early on the wet ground, and uh, they they just come through at the right time. So. It's certainly the best two-year-old race I think we've had here uh, because I think Forbes has been the best trialer I'd seen and, and when he got the fly on uh, on uh, Animo at the 200, I thought, well, they'll win, but Animo was enormous in gunning him down. Okay. So where, where, where do we place Animo then in terms of two-year-old performances thus far of the season? As in the, as it, right at the top? Yeah, yeah. I think these two are very, very high up. Um, yeah, I... I haven't seen any uh, better. The uh, the runs at Flemington, the two two-year-old races there are okay, but uh, no, he's uh, he's good. And I know Forbes is good. I think just he just might have been. He looked great, but he just might have been a little bit on the way down. Forbes, I think, uh, you know, he'll improve a lot with a, a little break and, and gear up for the autumn. All right, go. It Dave. has to be these two and the Philly, the Philly of Kieran's, obviously that that won the the. the Enthar, yeah, Enthar. Mm. Oh yeah, in, in Sydney form, yeah, totally yeah. different. Yeah, and and mm. she'd actually trialed down here. Yes. Um, mm. Yeah, she'd had a little little jump out, and and uh, so yeah, so we've we've seen her down here, and there is some thought. I think she's coming down for the Blue Diamond too. Mm. Okay, boys, let's get some horses to follow. I'll start with you, Deno. What are we following from the Sandown meeting? We just spoke about uh, Forbes, so I'm uh, I'm certainly uh, penciling him in. Probably not now till the autumn. And maybe not to Lee Autumn for this one either, but a horse called Pippolino. Uh, I know Mark Hunter was tipping it on Saturday, and 
bombed the start and gee, it was a good run. Uh, he's an import with form up to 3,000 metres. Love the way he stretched out late. Uh, he's a nice horse uh, for Archie Alexander. I think he'll make a good stay at Pipolino. All right, Duff, uh, what's horses to follow, mate? Uh, an import for me as well, Mark Newnham's import, Spirit Ridge. He was just he was just a little bit short of his best there. It's with 61 kilos first up. He'll come on from that, and at this time of the year, he'll, he'll charge through his classes. And um, the other one I want to follow is a, a horse called Daleb, D-A-R-L-E-B, Chris Leases. Uh, good run second up, wants further, showed ability last preparation, and... Uh, He'll win a few races as well, Deleb. All right. And what about uh, you, Munns? Uh, I thought it was a run of the day in the last chat. Uh, ridden completely differently to normal from that outside alley, but uh, showed a different string to its bow there on Saturday. I don't think it's uh, the one-dimensional horse uh, that we all think it is. If he can be ridden in a similar vein to Sweet Deal... Uh, just with a little bit of cover, not that far away. He had to go back to basically last from an outside alley, and he took a stack of ground off everything, including the winner there, and I thought he was the run of the day. Outstanding, boys. That's been Punters Postmortem. We're smack bang on 10 o'clock. We'll see you next Monday as we'll discuss the big gong meeting. Looking forward to it.